page 51 of Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could you? He moved over in the middle of the night. Last night, so, so I don't know. So, do you... No, if he moves around, he's gonna move him. I'm kick him off. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Mycelium is. You think you could move him? Could... Yeah, sure, yeah, you can move. You can move back. I don't mind. Okay. Yeah, I like this better anyway. Okay, you ready? I think drifting in it. No, you're welcome to go to sleep. Okay. I'm reading until I feel tired. Okay. Good night. Good night. I love you. I love you. Mycelium is how fungi feed. Some organisms, such as plants that photosynthesize, make their own food. Some organisms like most animals, find food in the world and put it inside their bodies, where it is digested and absorbed. Fungi have a different strategy. They digest the world where it is and then absorb it into their bodies. Their hyphae are long and branched and only a single cell thick between 2 and 20 micrometers in diameter, more than five times thinner than an average human hair. The more of their surroundings that a hyphae can touch, the more they can consume. The difference between animals and fungi is simple. Animals put food in their bodies, whereas fungi put their bodies in the food. However, the world is unpredictable. Most animals cope with uncertainty by moving. If food can be more easily found elsewhere, they move elsewhere. But to embed oneself in an irregular and unpredictable food supply, as mycelium does, one must be able to shapeshift. Mycelium is a living growing, opportunistic investigation, speculation in bodily form. This tendency is known as developmental indeterminism. No two mycelial networks are the same. What shape is mycelium? It's like asking what shape water is. We can only answer the question if we know where the mycelium happens to be growing. Compare this with humans, all of whom share a body plan and embark on similar developmental journeys. Short of an intervention, if we are born with two arms, we will end up with two arms. Mycelium decants itself into its surroundings but its growth pattern isn't infinitely variable. Different fungal species form different kinds of mycelial networks. Some species have thin hyphae, some thick. Some are picky about their foods, others less so. 
Some grow into ephemeral puffs that don't range beyond their food source and could fit on a single speck of house dust. Other species form long-lived networks that roam over kilometers. Some tropical species don't forage for food at all. Instead, they behave like filter-feeding animals and grow nests, nets, excuse me, nets out of thick strands of mycelium, which they use to catch falling leaves. Okay, so there's an image here um, of different mycelial types. Um, Boletus mycelium look like um, a bush growing in irregular directions. It's kind of covering the space um, pretty fully. Um, and almost wrapping around itself in sort of an upside-down U-shape. Um, and then the second one is Tricholoma, which looks like it radiates outwards in a circle of branching tips. And then the final one is Amanita, which um, I think looks like a snowflake. Um, the caption is different mycelial types redrawn after fries, 1943. No matter where fungi grow, they must be able to insinuate themselves within their source of food. To do so, they use pressure. In cases where mycelium has to break through particularly tough barriers, as disease-causing fungi do when infecting plants, they develop special penetrative hyphae that can reach pressures of 50 to 80 atmospheres and exert enough force to penetrate the tough plastics mylar and kevlar. One study estimated that if a hypha was as wide as a human hand, it would be able to lift an 8-ton school bus. Most multicellular organisms grow by laying down new layers of cells. Cells divide to make more cells, which then divide again. A liver is made by piling liver cells on top of liver cells. The same goes for a muscle or a carrot. Hyphae are different. They grow by getting longer. Under the right conditions, a hypha can prolong itself indefinitely. At a molecular level, all cellular activity, whether fungal or not, is a blur of rapid activity. Even by these standards, hyphal tips are a commotion, busier than a court of 10,000 self-dribbling basketballs. The hyphae of some species grow so fast that one can watch them extend in real time. Hyphal tips must lay down new material as they advance. Small bladders filled with cellular building materials arrive. Small bladders filled with cellular building materials arrive at the tip 
from within and fuse with it at a rate of up to 600 a second. In 1995, the artist Francis Elias, Alice, Alice? Francis Alice walked around Sao Paulo carrying a can of blue paint with a hole punched in the bottom. Over many days, as he moved through the city, a continuous stream of paint dribbled onto the ground in a trail behind him. The line of blue paint made a map of his journey, a portrait of time. Alice's performance illustrates hyphal growth. Alice himself is the growing tip. The winding trail he leaves behind him is the body of the hypha. Growth happens at the tip. If one paused Alice as he walked around with his can of paint, the line would cease to grow. You can think of your life like this. The growing tip is the present moment, your lived experience of now, which gnaws into the future as it, as it advances. The history of your life is the rest of the hyphae, the blue lines that you've left in a tangled trail behind you. A mycelial network is a map of the fungus's recent history. It is a helpful reminder that all life forms are in fact processes, not things. The you of five years ago was made from different stuff than the you of today. Nature is an event that never stops. As William Bateson, who coined the word genetics, observed, quote, We commonly think of animals and plants as matter, but they are really systems through which matter is continually passing. End quote. When we see an organism from a fungus to a pine tree, we catch a single moment in its continual development. Mycelium usually grows from hyphal tips, but not always. When hyphae felt together to make mushrooms, they rapidly inflate with water, which they must absorb from their surroundings. The reason why mushrooms tend to appear after rain Mushroom growth can generate an explosive force. When a stinkhorn mushroom crunches through an asphalt road, it produces enough force to lift an object weighing 130 kilograms. In a popular fungal guidebook published in the 1860s, Mordecai Cook reported that, quote, some years ago, the English town of Bassingstoke was paved and not many months afterwards, the pavement was observed to exhibit an unevenness which could not be readily accounted for. In a short time after, the mystery was explained, for some of the heaviest stones were completely lifted out of their beds by the growth of large toadstools beneath them. One of the stones measured 22 inches by 21 and weighed 83 pounds. End quote. If I think about my cellular growth for more than a minute, my mind starts to stretch.
In the mid-1980s, the American musicologist Louis Sarno recorded the music of the Aka people living in the forests of the Central African Republic. One of these recordings is called Women Gathering Mushrooms. As they wander around collecting mushrooms, their steps tracing the underground form of a mycelial network, the women sing amid the sounds of the animals in the forest. Each woman sings a different melody. Each voice tells a different musical story. Many melodies intertwine without ceasing to be many. Voices flow around other voices, twisting into and beside one another. Women Gathering Mushrooms is an example of musical polyphony. Polyphony? Polyphony is singing more than one part, telling more than one story at the same time. Unlike the harmonies in a barbershop quartet, the voices of the woman never weld into a unified front. No voice surrenders its individual identity, nor does any one voice steal the show. There is no front woman, no soloist, no leader. If the recording was played to ten people and they were asked to sing the tune back, each would sing something different. Mycelium is polyphony in bodily form. Each of the women's voices is a hyphal tip, exploring a soundscape for itself. Although each is free to wander, their wanderings can't be seen as separate from the others. There is no main voice. There is no lead tune. There is no central planning. Nonetheless, a form emerges. Whenever I listen to women gathering mushrooms, my ears find their way into the music by choosing a single voice and riding with it, as if I were in the forest and could walk up to one of a woman and stand next to her. To follow more than one line at a time is hard. It is like trying to listen to many conversations at once without flicking from one to another. Several streams of consciousness have to commingle in the mind. My attention has to become less focused and more distributed. I fail every time. But when I soften my hearing, something else happens. The many songs coalesce to make one song that doesn't exist in any one of the voices alone. It is an emergent song that I can't find by unraveling the music into its separate strands. Mycelium is what happens when fungal hyphae, streams of embodiment rather than streams of consciousness, Commingle. However, as Alan Rayner, a mycologist specializing in mycelial development, reminded me, quote, mycelium is not just amorphous cotton wool, end quote. Hyphae can come together to form elaborate structures. 
when you look at mushrooms, you're not look. you're looking, <laughs> when you look at mushrooms, you're looking at fruit. Imagine bunches of grapes growing out of the ground in their place. Then imagine the vine that produced them, twisting and branching below the surface of the soil. Grapes and woody grapevines are made of different types of cells. Cut up a mushroom and you'll see that it is made of the same type of cell as mycelium, hyphae. Hyphae grow into other structures besides mushrooms. Many species of fungus form hollow cables of hyphae, known as cords or rhizomorphs. These range from slim filaments to strands several millimeters thick that can stretch for hundreds of meters. Given that individual hyphae are tubes, not threads, it is easy to forget about the fluid-filled space within the hyphae. Cords and rhizomorphs are large pipes formed from many small tubes. They can conduct a flow many times faster than through individual hyphae, nearly 1.5 meters per hour in one report. And I allow mycelial networks to transport nutrients and water over large distances. Olsen told me about a forest in Sweden where he had observed a large armorilia network that fruited over an area the size of two football fields. A small footbridge crossed a stream that flowed the, through the area. I started looking more closely at the bridge, he remembered, and saw that the fungus had started to wind its cords under the bridge. It was actually crossing the stream using the bridge, end quote. How fungi coordinate the growth of these structures remains a mystery. Cords and rhizomorphs are a good reminder that mycelial networks are transport networks. Body's mycelial roadmap is another good illustration. Mushroom growth is another. To push their way through asphalt, a mushroom must inflate with water. For this to happen, water must travel rapidly through the network from one place to another and flow into a developing mushroom in a carefully directed pulse. Over short distances, substances can be transported through mycelial networks on a network of microtubules, dynamic filaments of protein that behave like a cross between scaffolding and escalators. Transport using microtubule motors is energetically costly, however, and over larger distances the contents of hyphae travel on a river of cellular fluid. Both approaches allow rapid transport across mycelial networks. Efficient transport allows different parts of a mycelial network to engage in different activities. When the English country house, Haddon Hall, was being renovated, a fruiting body of the dry rot fungus Serpula was found in a disused stone oven. Its mycelial connections wound back through eight meters of stonework to a rotting floor elsewhere in the building. The floor was where it fed, 
oven was where it fruited. The best way to appreciate flow within mycelium is to watch its contents shuttle around the network. In 2013, a group of researchers at the University of California at Los Angeles treated mycelium so that they could visualize cellular structures moving within the hyphae. Their videos show hordes of nuclei surging along. In some hyphae, they travel faster than in others. In some, they travel in different directions. Some traffic jams form, and nuclear traffic is rerouted on hyphal slip channels. Streams of nuclei merge with each other. Rhythmic pulses of nuclei, nuclear comets, rush along branching at junctions and darting down side ducts. It is a scene of nuclear anarchy, as one of the researchers Riley observed. Mm. Flow helps to explain how traffic circulates within a mycelial network but it can't explain why fungi might grow in one direction rather than another. Hyphae are sensitive to stimuli, and at any one moment are confronted with a world of possibilities. Rather than extending in a straight line at a constant rate, hyphae steer themselves towards appealing prospects and away from unappealing ones. How? In the 1950s, the Nobel Prize-winning biophysicist Max Delbruck became interested in sensory behavior. He chose his model organism, the fungus Phycomyces blakevianus. Delbruck was fascinated by Phycomyces. Excuse me, Phycomyces remarkable perceptual abilities. Its fruiting structures, essentially giant vertical hyphae, have a sensitivity to light similar to that of the human eye and adapt to bright or low light as our eyes do. They can detect light at levels as low as that provided by a single star and only become dazzled when exposed to full sunlight on a bright day. To provoke a response in a plant, one would have to expose it to light levels hundreds of times higher. At the end of his career, Delbruck wrote that he was still convinced that Phycomyces was the most intelligent of the simpler multicellular organisms. Besides its exquisite sensitivity to touch, Phycomyces preferentially grows into wind at speeds as low as one centimeter per second, or 0.036 kilometers per hour. Phycomyces is able to detect the presence of nearby objects, a phenomenon known as the avoidance response. Despite decades of painstaking investigation, the avoidance response remains an enigma. Objects within a few millimeters cause the fruiting body of Phycomyces to 
friend away without ever making contact. Regardless of the object, opaque or transparent, smooth or rough, Fico Mikey starts to bend away after about two minutes. Electrostatic fields, humidity, mechanical cues, and temperature have all been ruled out. Some hypothesize that Phycomyces uses a volatile chemical signal that deflects around the obstacle with tiny air currents, but this is far from proven. Although Phycomyces is an unusually sensitive species, most fungi are able to detect and respond to light, its direction, intensity, or color, temperature, moisture, nutrients, toxins, and electrical fields. Like plants, fungi can see color across the spectrum using receptors sensitive to blue light and red light. Unlike plants, excuse me, unlike plants, fungi also have opsins, the light-sensitive pigments present in the rods and cones of animal eyes. Hyphae can also sense the texture of surfaces. One study reports that young hyphae of the bean rust fungus can detect grooves half a micrometer deep in artificial surfaces, three times shallower than the gap between laser tracks on a CD. When hyphae felt together make a mushrooms, when hyphae felt together to make mushrooms, they acquire an acute sensitivity to gravity. And as we've seen, fungi maintain countless channels of chemical communication with other organisms and with themselves. When they fuse or have sex, hyphae distinguish self from other and between different kinds of other. Fungal lives are lived in a flood of sensory information. And somehow, hyphae, piloted by their tips, are able to integrate these many data streams and determine a suitable trajectory for growth. Humans, like most animals, use brains to integrate sensory data and decide on the best course of action. Accordingly, we tend to look for particular places where integration might take place. We like a where, but with plants and fungi, asking where only gets us so far. There are different parts of a mycelial network or a plant, but they aren't unique. There are many of everything. How then do sensory data streams come together within a mycelial network? How do brainless organisms link perception with action? Plant scientists have wrestled with these questions for more than a century. In 1880, Charles Darwin and his, sons, and his son Francis published a book called The Power of Movement in Plants. In the final paragraph, they suggest that since root tips determine the trajectory for growth, it must be at the root tips that signals from different parts of the organism are integrated. Root tips, the Darwin's right, act, quote, like the brain of one of the lower animals, receiving impressions from the sense organs and directing the several movements, end quote. The Darwin's conjecture has come to be known as the root brain hypothesis and is controversial 
to put it mildly. This is not because anyone disputes their observations. It is clear that root tips do direct the movement of roots, just as growing tips direct the movement of shoots above ground. What divides plant scientists is the use of the word brain. For some, it is a proposition that can draw us towards richer understanding of plant life. For others, it is preposterous to suggest that plants have anything even like a brain. In some sense, the word brain is a distraction. The Darwin's main point is that growing tips, which pilot roots and shoots, must be the place where information comes together to link perception and action and determine a suitable course for growth. The same applies to fungal hyphae. Hyphal tips are the part of the mycelium that grow, change, direction, branch, and fuse. They are the part of the mycelium that do the most. And they are numerous. A given mycelial network might have anywhere between hundreds and billions of hyphal tips, all integrating and processing information on a massively parallel basis. Ending on page 60. We'll pick this up later. I'm tired. Good night, Al.